Welcome. You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and head of mindfulness for Shoreline Meditation App. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. If these meditations support you and your practice, please consider donating to the show to support its continued growth, new offerings, and its ever-expanding team. You can find the link in today's show notes or simply visit merylarnett.com and click on podcast. All right, y'all, let's practice. All right, guys. Well, officially welcome. Happy Monday. Thank you guys for joining as always. So we are embarking on a discussion of ancestors tonight. And this came up because of a question asked at the end of the last class when I mentioned that in my very best practices, my deepest practices, one of the things that I do is call in my own ancestors. And afterwards, the question came up, well, what do you do if you don't agree with your ancestors, or maybe you don't think your ancestors were the best of people, or you don't align with the same values? And then interestingly, unrelated, the very next day, I was having a conversation with a girlfriend of mine, and she mentioned that she was exploring this particular doula training, and the doula training... um, In the info session, they talked quite a bit about doula work being ancestral work. And my friend was saying, that feels scary to me because I don't know my, like, I don't do that work. So I don't know how to relate to my ancestors. I don't know anything about my ancestors. And so I want to set up that I'm not an expert on this. This is not something that I like study or have done for decades. This is a, a... within maybe the last 18 months practice for me, but I will share my experience thus far. And by all means, I open it up for our individual experiences to be so, yeah. So I wanna start by saying like, so why might we call in ancestors into a meditation practice? If you haven't done this before, it's not a familiar practice with you, why might you decide to do that? And there are, you know, there's a myriad of reasons, but I'll give you a story of of why it really resonated with me. Um, So at the beginning of the pandemic, late March, maybe early April of 2020, um, we had been like doing our little shelter in place. And, you know, my family all lives in the same city I live in. And we're close. I see my parents a couple times a month. I see my siblings a couple times a month. We spend time together. And so one of the hardest things for me was not doing that, like not going to hang out with my parents. I was so scared about my parents potentially getting sick and we, we did not see them. And I, a couple weeks in, offered to go grocery shopping for them. So I went and I did a grocery shop and I drove to their house and I dropped their groceries on their front porch and then I stood in the yard and they stood on the front porch and we chatted for a couple minutes and connected. And then I left and I got in the car and I started crying because I couldn't hug my parents. And it felt 
ter- it felt terrifying. I, I really felt the fear of the pandemic in that moment. And I called Octavia, who I know you all know. And for those listening that don't know, she is my dearest friend and business partner. And so I called her and I'm crying. I can't hug my parents. I like, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make it through? And Octavia knows, and, I, and probably some of you know too. So on my mother's side, I, my family lineage is Ashkenazi Jew, Eastern European Jewish. And so I'm crying. I'm talking to Octavia. How are we going to do this? And Octavia said, well, ask your ancestors. They lived through much worse. So ask your ancestors. And when she said that, it almost felt, I don't mean this quite literally, but it almost felt like I got sucked into a void. Like I felt an almost instantaneous awareness and connection to the support invisibly behind me and in me that I was not listening to and that I could listen to. And so I share that only as an example of why we might decide to work with ancestral medicine is because potentially there is support or wisdom or lessons, even growth that is within those connections, okay? And the truth is I don't know anything about ancestors further back than my great-grandmother. That's as far as my knowledge extends. I don't, I have no idea what their beliefs were, what their actions were, how they moved through the world. On my father's side, we like have people from the Mayflower and that's not totally a vibe that I feel good about necessarily. And so there are pieces that also feel disconnected as much as there are pieces that feel connected. So how can we work with this energy? There are a lot of different ways. The very first thing that I did in my own practice was I started by working only with what I'm going to call chosen ancestors. So I actually started working with people that were not blood in any way, shape, or form. Chosen ancestors might be people that you look up to in some way that Uh, demonstrate the values you're trying to live your life by, mentors, teachers, wise friends. These could be, um, if you like animal medicine like I do, these could be animals that perhaps visit you or you work with their energies. This could be the elements. You know, we did a whole series on the elements, earth, air, fire, water. We can relate to those as ancestors. And in fact, I um, one of my favorite quotes is from Richard Powers from The Overstory, which is a novel he wrote. And in it, he writes, you and the tree in your backyard come from a common ancestor. A billion and a half years ago, the two of you parted ways. But even now, After an immense journey in separate directions, that tree and you still share a quarter of your genes. You could call in a tree. You could call in the universe itself, right? We've got Carl Sagan reminding us that we are made of star stuff. We could call that in. 
We could call in any version of divine presence that you might personally relate with. There are so many different elements that we might choose to work with. And so we might start there. We might start in a place that feels safe and connected and easy to connect to and garner support from in our exploration. And then perhaps we choose to move on to familial ancestors. And should we choose to do that, one of the pieces that is often taught is that when our ancestors pass, we are able to trust that they are healed and whole and connected to their truest selves. I'm not going to tell you that you have to believe that. You get to choose if that feels like something that resonates with you or not. But I will offer this regardless of which way you go. Whether or not you believe your ancestors become the highest versions of themselves as they become ancestors, I don't think that that is the same as asking us to disregard who they were as a human being, right? If we do, if we choose to ignore or create some sort of false perfection in human beings who are flawed as we all are, you know, I feel like we run the risk of doing the same thing the U.S. education system did with our history, right? At best, sugar-coated, at worst, outright lies, and within all of that, we lose the value of the lessons, right? We lose the opportunity to grow by knowing our history when we don't know our history. We don't know the truth of it. And I feel like that is the same lesson that we have to hold up to our ancestors. The gold is in the lessons. The gold is in the truth. So it isn't about I can only call in my perfect ancestors. I can only call in the spiritually evolved, enlightened ancestors. And if I don't have them, I can't work with ancestors. That, that practice does nothing for us. How does that help us to grow, to deepen in our own values or our own morals or our own beliefs? It doesn't. And we're not here to call in our ancestors for some like pseudo-spiritual, I'm so meditative kind of a person. I mean, why would we do that? You can do mindfulness. You never have to call in an ancestor. Nobody's going to say you don't have a real meditation practice. You don't have to call them in. But if you choose to, let's do it so that we're really getting the support the lessons, the growth that comes from those ancestral relationships. So I think that we honor the highest self. We honor the truth of the human experience. And we land somewhere in between those two pieces. If you look at even... You know, I think some of the people that we might be like, oh, easily, these would be people I would call into my meditation practice. Gandhi, John Muir, if you're a naturalist, right? 
amazing ideas, beautiful writing, beautiful teachings, and absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, racist. Right? There are so many Buddhist lineages today in this modern day that do not treat their nuns the same way they treat their monks. Like significantly different levels of respect, levels of responsibility, levels of ability based on male-female. If we think we're going to find some perfect thing, person, being, line of study that has no flaws in it, we will only be disappointed. And so at least my own exploration to date has been to walk the line between the two to search for the wisdom that's there and to learn from the mistakes that are being made. So we're going to do a practice together. And in this practice, I'm going to at least extend the invitation to call in your chosen ancestors, maybe your familiar, familial ancestors. And it is only an invitation. So if it doesn't resonate for you in this moment or ever, you do not have to do it. And if you want to explore it in some way, shape, or form, you could even start with the tree outside your window. Yeah? So let's start with this practice. Take a minute to shift, to find yourself in a comfortable seat. Let your hands land down onto your lap. If it feels safe for you to let your eyes close, please do so. And if you feel unsettled or ungrounded in any way, you can absolutely take a soft gaze down towards the ground. Let's start just with a deep breath. So pull a nice full inhale into your body and open up your mouth, release a sigh. And we'll do that again, inhaling deeply. And exhale out a sigh. Following the breath as it flows at its own natural pace now. Allowing your body, your mind, your heart, all to simply settle into this place, this moment. And begin your practice just by silently saying to yourself, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And with that intention, perhaps you feel yourself just settle a bit more. Letting go of any of the unconscious ways that you might be 
holding yourself up or guarding against your experience. Noticing if you can simply soften along the edges. Relaxing along the hips and the thighs. Extending up along your spine. Feeling the crown of the head lift. And letting go all the way through the muscles of the face. Softening along your shoulders. Allowing the chest to just rise and fall. And the belly to expand and contract. As we sit and we feel our breath, I invite you to imagine circle around you. You could see the circle drawn in light and color or an element. And in this first circle that's around you, You might call in your chosen ancestors, your mentors, your teachers, the animals, trees, stars, Noticing who or what appears for you. And letting yourself trust whatever comes to mind.
you sit and you breathe. And gradually you feel a second circle surround you. of light, of color, of elements. And along this circle, if you choose, you might invite in your familial ancestors. One, two, as many as you can imagine. Whether you know names or don't. Whether you choose a specific line of ancestors through your mother or your father. Or you invite them all. Noticing and trusting who shows up for you, who comes to mind. And where there is doubt or discomfort, you can acknowledge that. There's no need to shove it away or turn away from it. And where there might be comfort or support, you can notice that. We sit and we breathe. And we feel the support of all those who surround us in this practice. It's here in the center of these circles that we feel our breath. And as we sit and we breathe, perhaps you'll visualize in front of you an infinity symbol. An infinity symbol is just a figure eight lying on its side. And if you like, 
you can let your breath trace the shape of this infinity symbol. Inhaling up one side and exhaling down the other. There's no rush or force. There's also no breaks or pauses. A smooth inhale, seamlessly gliding into the exhale and into the inhale. So that your breath becomes this ever-flowing energy. Gradually you might feel that infinity symbol right over your heart. So that central point of the figure eight is right at the center of your heart. Each breath traveling the shape of infinity. over, around, and through the center of your heart. Sit in silence for these last few minutes. Feel that you are infinite. that you can hold all of the past and all of the future right here in this present moment. You hold the good and the bad. You feel the wisdom and the lessons rising up in between. Let's sit in this space for a few more minutes here.
if you've drifted away. Let yourself feel the breath once again. You can let go of shaping the breath or controlling it and simply feel the next inhale and exhale. Feel your seat against the cushion or chair beneath you and your feet against the earth. Letting yourself feel grounded and connected right where you are. Gathering in whatever wisdom, lesson, support you might have garnered in this practice. When you feel ready, just start to wiggle your fingers and your toes. Find the edges of your body once again. Deepen your breath now, pulling in a nice full inhale in. Exhale out a sigh. Drawing your palms together in front of your heart like a prayer, bow your chin down. Honoring yourself and honoring what your practice brought today. who showed up, how they showed up, what you experienced, let it be so. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to The Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, please consider leaving me a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps others to find this show. To learn more about my live classes, virtual meditation retreats, my meditation app Shoreline, or to make a donation to the show, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again. I'll see you next week.